I think roller derby is a hopeful thing. He earned enough money from selling plants that he paid off the mortgage on his house. People always want to know, uh, you know, is that a lie or is that the truth? I completely disassembled this Triumph TR6. I wish I could have been a professional woman soccer player. I'm Martha Woodruff, and this is The Spark, an exploration of interesting people doing interesting things. The Spark this week concerns the power of chocolate not just to taste good, but to do good. In his mid-twenties, Harrisonburg's Brad Burrow got an MBA from the University of Kansas with the idea of using it to do good. So naturally, I asked him to define what he means by doing good. Doing something good. So any sort of uh, what might be called today a socially responsible enterprise or working maybe for some positive environmental organization, I don't know, that builds solar panels or lobbies for recycling, uh, something that takes care of people or takes care of our environment, rather than just working as a means to making money. Just because I really, I feel like for me to be motivated to, to get up and go somewhere every day, every day, for extended period of time, uh, I need to be enjoying what I'm doing and not, I can't fake myself out when it comes to that. <laughs> now, plenty of people arrive in their 20s and want to make money and you want to be involved in something that appears to make the world a, a better place okay. yeah, yeah in a very <laughs> broad broadly speaking um i don't know i guess it sounds weird but it's kind of it's a self-serving thing as well too which i think a lot of this what appears to be altruistic is also self-serving um because I really, that's what makes me feel like I'm doing something with purpose or, yeah, that's it. No one's ever asked me where that, where that came from. So now I'm wondering, where did that come from? <laughs> School and careers kept Brad and his wife, Stephanie Warlick, in Lawrence, Kansas for 10 years then took them to Chapel Hill and finally to Baltimore in 2006. By that time, Brad had held jobs that engaged him and put his MBA to use, but weren't ideal because they didn't quite scratch his doing good itch. Oh, and by the way, Brad, now left unemployed by the move to Baltimore, is quite the soccer fan. So, 2006, relocated to a new place. 2006 was also the summer of a World Cup that was happening, so it was a great time to be unemployed. We found a great place where we moved into, really close to the water in Baltimore. It was a vibrant, slightly dangerous, but exciting place to live. Very closely located to a lot of establishments that were showing the World Cup. So by the end of the World Cup, I would run down, watch the first half. They would put my beer on ice. I'd run home, send some resumes out, uh, come back, watch the second half. You know, again, I'm looking for ideal jobs. And this opening came up for uh, Divine Chocolate, which is a fair trade chocolate company, was starting to launch a U.S. company. They were based in the U.K. at the time, but distributing in the U.S. through a different organization. And they were looking to start a U.S. company and, and trying to start getting the, the first people in place to do that. 
you remember what you felt when you saw that? I remember that? reading that job description, reading about the company, and at this time I didn't know much about fair trade, so I was researching that and thought, this is it, this is it. I'm picturing myself now sitting in the little room at the top of this you know, three-story row house in Baltimore, furiously typing everything they requested. You know, They asked for, I forget how many words of what fair trade meant to me and now, wait a minute. Let me interrupt you. Yep. What did fair trade mean to you mm-hmm. after you researched it? Fair trade as a business model looks to try and, in a broad sense, level the playing field between folks like us in this nice developed world we live in versus people that, you know, basic, basic needs like clean water, like a few meals a day for a year. So they focus on long-term relationships to try and make sure people are getting paid fairly and they're getting what they need in the sense of just basics. As mm. opposed to... Yeah, as opposed to the business model of keeping people like that faceless and nameless to where it's easier to just indulge and and increase the gap between rich and poor because you don't make that connection with the folks on the other end of what it is you're eating, drinking, listening to music through, whatever the case might be. What position were you applying for? So this was an operations and logistics manager. Okay. Tell me about divine chocolate. What makes it divine? (laughs) Well, the business model makes it divine. It's one of those uh, double entendres, I guess. So it's fair trade business model. It's also one of the first farmer-owned chocolate companies. So the, the farmer's cooperative that grows the cocoa in Ghana Uh, They actually own part of the company because it was essentially their idea to say, hey, we're growing all this cocoa. We rarely get to see what chocolate is like as a finished product. How come we can't have a part of this company? And the folks in the UK were like, you're exactly right. How come you can't? So they helped get that going and, and they had representation on the board and now actually that sort of business model is becoming a little bit more common, too, in in the fair trade world, at least. So you get the job. What is the job? The job at first was, all right, we need an office. We need things to put in the office, telephones, desks, computers. We need all this. So I kind of was doing a lot of costing and, and proposing what types of things we should get. And they sent me to the divine offices in the UK just to to train with my counterpart there for a few days just to get a little bit more background. That's real hardship um, work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was fun. I mean, since this was a small company, started out small, we were wearing multiple hats. So I came up with an ordering system invoicing, making connections with uh, customers, new customers. Uh, we did have some a sales director, but I was facilitating moving of chocolate once it got into port, you know, I mean, the whole distribution network, basically, I kind of oversaw a lot of that and kept communication all the ways from manufacturer to the retailer. All right. You were in business. Your job was to make the business run. Correct. Did it feel different in any way than a business of more traditional values? It it did, for sure. It was just evident in learning about the company. But then when I went to the UK company, talked to the folks there, 
it felt even more special. And then within the year, we were bringing in farmers to come and share their story. And my first time meeting some of the farmers, hearing them say, yeah, this has really changed our lives. And they really focused on women's empowerment too. The women are like, yes, my husband no longer takes the money and spends it all. Like we are in control of our lives here. Seven years ago, life took Brad Burrow to Harrisonburg, where he now manages Artisan's Hope, a fair trade shop that incidentally sells divine chocolate. You'll find a picture of Brad, plus a link to Artisan's Hope and Divine Chocolate on the Spark page at WMRA.org. Everybody in the world likes chocolate. Chocolate.